Amen. Thank you, Brogan. Now, I'd like to start this morning uh, by casting our minds back to 2013. I was 15 years old, and uh, I woke up that Christmas morning um, very excited because I had a suspicion that under the Christmas tree was a brand new Xbox One with FIFA 14. <laughs> and um, all I wanted to do that day uh, was play it. So I went downstairs very excited under the tree, unwrapped the presents, and uh, my suspicions were correct. There was a brand new Xbox with FIFA 14, and I wanted nothing more than to sit on the Xbox and give it a go. Um, but as I started to open the box, my mum says, no, 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 upstairs you go, we need to get ready, we're going to church. I thought, church? I don't want to go to church, I was at church yesterday. I couldn't believe it. Um, so I went upstairs grumpy, of course I didn't say anything, and um, I was getting changed, and I was looking out my window and I was thinking, how can I get out of going to church today? And I saw on the ground there was a scattering of snow, and a genius plan was hatched in my brain. We can't go to church if we're snowed in. So I got changed, went downstairs and uh, outside to the driveway. And um, bear in mind, there's about two inches of snow on the ground. I gathered up some snow and I pushed it up behind the wheels of my dad's car, um, thinking that as he tried to reverse out the drive, it wouldn't work and we'd just have to think, oh no, we can't go to church, we'll go back inside, I can play FIFA. Um, so I did that, went back inside, everyone gets in the car, my mum and dad are in the front seats, my sister and my brother are beside me. Dad turns the car on, puts it in reverse, the wheels start spinning. I'm thinking, fantastic, the plan's worked, we're going to be going back inside any minute. Um, my dad gets out the car, uh, looks under the wheels, sees the snow, and uh, unfortunately, he's not a stupid man. Um, so he just kicked the snow away, got back in the car, turned around, looked straight at me, didn't even think for a second that it could be my darling brother and sister, and said, don't be so stupid. And we got in the car, we went to church that day, and I was rather frustrated. Um, now, I tell you that, uh, maybe some of you relate to that feeling a little bit this morning, um, but maybe it's a little bit how we can approach Christmas sometimes. I was a church kid, growing up in church my whole life. I'd heard the Christmas story a thousand times. We all have, haven't we? And uh, sometimes we think we know everything there is to know about it. Um, but the truth is, um, it is the best story that is ever told. And there is something new that God can teach us every single time we hear it. So as we come to the story again today, let's have our hearts and our minds open to what God may want to teach us. And so Luke chapter two, verses six to 12 says this. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This is the word of the Lord. Today is a church, this, sorry, Christmas as a church family, we've been looking at the theme, a king is born. And we come today to celebrate the birth of a king, King Jesus. Unlike other kings, he is courageous, he is powerful, and he is mighty. 
But that is where the similarities seem to end because Jesus is very much so not like other kings. He does not impose his rule and reign upon people. He does not demand to be followed. He does not force people to be a part of his kingdom. Instead, this king is invitational. He invites people to be a part of his kingdom, not to be one of his subjects, but to have a personal relationship with him. Jesus is the king that invites us into relationship. About six months ago, I was in Biker and um, I was meeting up with a guy called Mason who's 12 years old and I do some youth work with him sometimes and he's not a Christian yet and um, we were chatting and I was telling him this. I was saying, you know, Mason, God created you. He loves you and he wants to be in relationship with you. And he looked up at me and he said, what? Jesus wants to be my boyfriend. I said, no, no he doesn't want to be your boyfriend. No, no. Uh, but he does want to be your friend. He does want to be your friend. And... Jesus is the king who we can also call friend. And this is the reason he came to earth as a baby. This is the reason we're here today is because we were created to live in relationship with God. We were created to know him, to live in his kingdom, but our sin disrupted that relationship. So God sent his son Jesus to earth in the form of a baby to live a life and to die on a cross so that we could know forgiveness and so that he could restore our relationship with God. And to help us understand that this morning, I'm going to need the children to come to the front, please. We're going to do a little illustration together. So children, no matter how old or young you are, would you come to the front and I have little crowns for you here to come and grab. Jeremiah, let me get you a small one for your little head. Oh. There we are, sir. Come and, grab a, come and grab a crown, children. And um, what's going to happen here is uh, I'm going to play the role of God, okay, in this illustration. I'm sure that's not difficult for you all to picture. Um, and what's going to happen is this celebrations packet, they don't do tubs anymore, uh-huh, um, is, is my kingdom, okay? And as you can see, um, all of the things I created to live in my kingdom are missing. They've all gone. It's completely empty. Okay. And I'm going to send you as my little kings to go and find my celebrations and uh, bring them back. Okay. So you might have to hold that on your head there, Charlotte. Okay. Whilst you're running. So go out and find all the celebrations and bring them back to me to get them back in my kingdom. Go for it. Off we go. They're all around the church. Maybe in the choir stalls. Maybe under the Christmas tree. And if you're lucky, you may want to, uh, you may get to keep hold of one after, but that breaks the analogy a little bit, so wait for that. Vulcan, have you got one there, my friend? Stick it back in there for me, my little King Jesus. Thank you, very, very good. Jeremiah, just here, my friend. Back we come. Stick it in there. Good lad. Anyone else, Eliza? <laughs> stick it in there. Oh, thank you, Abby. Could you stick it in the packet for me? Could you get it in? In we go. Thank you, Samuel. Thank you, Phoebe. Okay. Very well done, everyone. Okay, we're going to break the analogy for a second. This is not what God does. He doesn't eat us, but there you are. 
You can have one there. Oh, sorry, apologies. There you are. There you are, Falcon. Malteser teaser, look at you. Okay, thank you very much. Round of applause for the children, please. Very good. And that is a picture of what God has done for us in the form of Jesus. He sent Jesus from his kingdom into the earth to get back those who he created, me and you, so we can come back into relationship with him. And if we're going to stay in the analogy for one more moment, it's important to recognise, thank you very much, Shemima, that Jesus came for everyone, not just one type of person. He came for the Malteser teaser lovers, thank you, Falcon, but he also came for the bounty lovers, believe it or not. He came for the shepherd, those who are seen as more lowly in society, but he also came for the wise men, didn't he? Those are the peak of society and how it perceives it. He came for you and he came for me. No matter who you are, what you've done or what you do, Jesus came to earth for you. And I could talk to you for hours about what we receive when we enter into the kingdom of God, how good it is for our lives, how much Jesus blesses us with his peace, with his joy, with his purpose, with his fulfillment, love, forgiveness. We receive all those things in his kingdom. But most importantly, we receive salvation. Back to the passage, Luke 2 verse 11 says this, Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Today, a saviour has been born to you. Thank you. A saviour has been born to you. And we can all make a decision to receive all those things I just mentioned, love, peace, joy, fulfilment, purpose, but most importantly, we can make that decision to receive salvation today. And if you would like to accept that invitation, which Jesus is extending to you, the king who doesn't want you into his kingdom to be his subject, to be his, but to be his friend, then you can accept that today. If that's you, would you like to say this prayer with me? And we shall all bow our heads. King Jesus, Today, I accept the invitation into your kingdom. Thank you that 2,000 years ago, you came to earth as a baby to live a life and die on a cross for me. I'm sorry for my sin, for the things that I've done that are not of you, and I ask for your forgiveness. Will you be with me now by your spirit, today and every day from now? Amen. Amen. Amen.